Welcome to the bridge with Mark Daniels and the Bulldog Mike Bianchi as we bridge our show. Open mic in the Mark Show, the beat of sports. Have I told you there's no one else above you? My wife is listening. She might be crying right now. Mm. You fill my heart with gladness. Mm. She loves her song, doesn't she? Well, we both like Rod Stewart, but this was our wedding song. Oh. You know, after I spent a week trying to convince her to marry me, she said, hey, give me a couple days. And and she said, do you have any more to sell me on? I go, you know, and then finally she just said, okay, whatever. Were you the voice of UCF yet? So uh, we celebrate our 30th anniversary this coming June. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, so we got married in June of 94, and I started at UCF in uh, 95. Oh, so she didn't know you were the big-time voice of UCF at the time. No, I was... Uh, you were nobody. I would, wow, that really hurt. Um, <laughs> I've been yeah. in the market for, you know, I've been in the market for five years. I was doing Daily Show, and oh, okay. doing The Predators, okay. doing some other play-by-play, but I hadn't Ooh. started at UCF until 95. I don't I don't think the uh, being the play-by-play voice of well, The Predators would have got it done. That's not going to get anywhere. <laughs> but the reason why, well, the reason why that kind of worked, though, that was good, KB. The reason why that kind of worked, though, is that, um, but but she worked with uh, Jim English, Don Disney's partner, and they own the Predators. Mm. So, mm, okay, yeah. Uh, so she got you the job. No, <laughs> I've been doing the Predators for quite some time. Okay, yeah. all right, okay. We didn't bill this as such, Daniels, but we we do a free for all Friday every Friday. Where we we're, mm-hmm. we're you know people can use the talk back line to to ask us questions. Yeah. Right? We're going to start doing every Friday because we do ask Mark every day. Anyways, we're going to start using Friday as an ask Mark free for all Friday. So Kelly, will you let me know like at eight fifteen if no one's called in, and then I'll just go. Yes, I'd like to ask a question to Mark, please. I'm like, yes. Who, who is this? You can ask Mark anything you want. Hi, it's Pico. I'd like to ask a question. Pico. <laughs> okay, so these questions aren't spe- these questions aren't specifically for Mark, but since we're going to start the segment, uh, we'll we'll let Mark answer these questions. Yeah, I feel like it can go either ask Mark or ask Mike. So we'll split it up like that. Let's start off with Adam in Orlando. As viewing habits have changed for sports fans and the amount of revenue coming into the sports from major networks is going to probably continue to go down since people can get this content in different ways. Which sport do you think will have the potential of having to make major changes in their salary structure due to decreased revenue? Mm. Major League Baseball. Oh, really? The demise of the regional sports network uh, is frightening to mid-small market teams in Major League Baseball. Um, Explain. Okay. Uh, The Florida Marlins and Tampa Bay Rays have been getting a decent amount of money by having a regional sports network where they get paid regardless of whether somebody's watching or not. It's Mm -hmm. on your cable system. So whatever that figure is in each team will tell you that What's been reported is not the figure, but but let's just say it's $50 million. Mm-hmm. You take $50 million away, and you say, okay, well, how are we going to replace that? Well, buy my app. Whoa. Mm. How much per month, and what's the chance you reach the same number of viewers that you do not via even the close, app? Not even so close. So that's a big challenge for them. 
that that is going to have a big impact. Um, plus the national baseball TV deal. Um, people feel 50-50 about ESPN renewing their deal, which is not many games per week now uh, to begin with. The NBA is a little bit more ahead of it, where I think the new NBA deal and the NBA acquiring some of the local rights is that I think Adam Silver envisions a world where every game's a national televised game. It just may mean you got to find it. Is it on TNT? Is it on TBS? Is it on True TV? Is it on um, wherever else they put it? Is it on Amazon? Is it on? He's going to sell that, I think, as here's the NBA national package. Mm. I think the NBA is better positioned for that. I think, but mid-level and small market baseball teams are going to complain. We already have a massive revenue gap for the Dodgers and Yankees and Mets. Now, what do we do without this money? Because the Red Sox, the Yankees, the Dodgers, their their media deal is fine. They got no problem, um, so I think baseball is the one that's going to have the biggest problem. See, if that had been an ask Mike question, I would have went. I don't know. We'll have to ask Mark about that. Well, ask Mark. Uh, he's coming here in a little bit. Uh, anyway, hold tight for that answer. <laughs> so, so we had our ask Mark. This could be ask Mark as well, but I, this is catered to Mike. Okay, Mike, settle a debate for me here. I know you're the king of Southern rock and great guitar classics. Oh yeah. Does Dire Straits belong in that category? I understand they are a British band, but their style is far more like Southern Rock. And if you're going to have a Southern Rock playlist, it doesn't necessarily need to be all Leonard Skinner and Almond Brothers. You can throw in some Dire Straits, right? Tell me I'm right. Mm, you know what? That's Chuck right there. That's an interesting concept. Do you have? I'm a, I don't know that you have to be from the South. To play Southern Rock. No. I don't, in my opinion, no. In, in fact, Mark Knopfler does have some Southern Rock uh, guitar influences in his riffs. So, you know what? I'm going to agree with that. Yeah. Guitar George, he knows all the chords. Come on. That's Southern Rock right there. Daniels? Daniels. Day about Southern Rock. <laughs> British boys go back across that channel of water you got over there. And Southern yeah. Rock, Southern Rock. Uh, you know what, Mark? I'll tell you what. Mark Knopfler is a good guitar player, yeah. but I don't know if he can hold a candle to Dwayne Allman, Toy Caldwell, the Marshall Tucker Band, Dickie Betts, guys like that. I got a 38 special right here, and I ain't even talking about the band. Go back home and go die straight and so forth. No, I understand what he's saying. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they are from Britain. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can Leonard Skinner be part of the British invasion? Huh? No. <laughs> no. I like Dire Straits. And again, I understand what he's saying, but yeah. I, I mean, your roots are your roots. Yeah. Man. You know. Okay. Yeah. All right. What else we got? Anything? Is that it? Okay. We appreciate that. We're gonna we're gonna start the segment in earnest next week. Who's Ernest? Ernest D. Bass. I'm talking about. <laughs> He ain't got no dive straights and no southern band. Uh, he just throw rocks at your windows, knock out your windows. All right, uh, Daniels, real quick. Um, we were just talking about the the Daytona 500, NASCAR. We had Buddy Pittman on, and I asked, you know, I was asking Buddy Pittman about the new Netflix um, NASCAR mm-hmm. documentary. NASCAR is really trying to that that. Talking about dire straits. NASCAR's been in some dire straits recently when it comes to TV ratings, when it comes to sponsors. Uh, we keep talking about what can they do 
what can they do? Well, actually, I um, I think NASCAR had a great season last year. Okay. Um, you know, I love Formula One. I think it's an unfair comparison because not – I don't view, well, one's more classier than the other. Mm-hmm. They're two different things. F1's a niche sport. NASCAR's a niche sport. That's not offensive. I thought NASCAR last season, and you know better than me, and Buddy knows better than both of us, had a great season as far as competition. They went into races where a bunch of people could win. F1, there was one guy that won everything last year. Um, The TV ratings were good for NASCAR in the current climate that we're in. Yes, if they try to copy F1's Netflix, so what? Everybody's trying to do something like that. And you know, Mike, there's there's some nice young rising stars in NASCAR that do a great job on social media and how they market themselves. So I think NASCAR is in a good spot. You can't control the rain this weekend. You know, you and I have agreed for years the length of races, I think, is something that NASCAR needs to look at, but I think they're stubborn to a degree. Although the Daytona 500 ratings continually go down. But you have to be realistic about the audience you can reach today versus 20, 30 years ago. Unless you're the Super Bowl. You can't compare anything to the NFL. But the same thing is happening to NBA, happening to Major League Baseball, happening to, to, to a lot of sports. And what they still draw for, for, for races is still a really good number because, and I think you'll agree, they are very passionate, loyal fan base. NASCAR may not drive many casual viewers, but their fan base is still very, very loyal. The challenge of sponsors is that's more of a NASCAR thing. Their price entry point is ridiculous mm-hmm. in the current economy we live in. So that's why a lot of these cars have changed. Again, Mike, I'm, I'm aging you and I. 70s and 80s, that was the car. The sponsor was never changing. Right. Now, sponsors come and go because of the economy that we're in. That's going to have to do with politics. I think the sport's gotten incredibly expensive in NASCAR, Mm -hmm. and they haven't been able to figure that out. Yeah. All right, straight ahead we have, what do we have to talk about? College football, NBA All-Star game. We're going to get to that. Uh, There's an NFL story. I want to run by Mark Daniels as well. All that coming your way on The Bridge. Love those painted on jeans. You know the bulldog loves those. Ah. And yeah. Mike, when Shaq was a free agent, somebody texted Then You wrote an article and said we didn't need Shaq to win and he wasn't worth the money. If you could go back in time, would you write the same article? When Shaq was a free agent, which time? Which time? When was Shaq a free agent? Okay, so he signed. Where did he go after L.A., after he left L.A.? Did he go to Did he go to the Heat then? Is that when he went to the Heat? Well, was he making reference to after the four years here, or? No. First of all, I never wrote anything about Shaq when I was in Jacksonville. Yes, you did. You did the poll. It's all on you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, so what oh, are you talking a, about? It was a Florida Times Union poll now, not at not Orlando. No, after the Lakers, he went to the Heat. And then he went where? To the Cavs? Didn't he go to the Cavs? Phoenix. 
Did he? Wasn't then he, Cleveland and Boston? Who can forget those? Great that's games? that's when he became Shactus, Mike. Yeah, maybe when it. I, I don't know. I'd, I'd have to go. I don't remember writing that article. I would. I would have to see when I wrote that article. I but mean, to, to be fair, I'm googling Mike Bianchi Shack, and it's only the more recent ones that you've done for the retirement. Yeah, so yeah. so far, you, yeah. you're looking good. Okay. Well, life. I'll check it out and I'll answer the question later in the. Well, bridge. in some defense of you, um, unless I'm wrong here, Shack was a free agent. When he went from Orlando to Los Angeles, he was traded by the Lakers to the Heat. Okay. Okay. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, I don't know if I would write that same article again because I don't know when I wrote it. I don't remember the article. So. Hmm. Um. Oh, by the way, about nine fifteen this morning, Orlando City is coming in with the new legacy uh, jerseys, the kits. They're coming in here, and we're gonna. Are we gonna model them, Daniels? Is that where? what? I don't know if we call it model. I um, think we're gonna model them. Huh? <laughs> loose term there, modeling. Um, but uh, no, they they are coming in uh, with the uh, the new kits for their tenth anniversary in MLS, and they're also honoring uh, part of the uh, kits this year is also even honoring the USL Pro Team um, when they came here in 2011. So okay. look forward to them coming in at 9:15 today. So Tiger was back on the course yesterday at his own tournament, the Genesis, out in uh, Pacific. How do you say that? Pacific Palisades. Is that how you say it? Yeah. So Riviera. Yeah. So he um, shot a one over, shanked the shot on on the eighteenth hole. <laughs> Did you hear the exchange between him and the reporter? Yeah. Huh? Play, is, KV, do you have that exchange real quick between Tiger and the reporter? I'm not going to say the word, but on 18... Oh, I definitely. I shanked it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what happened there? And Is that still a shock to the system for you when that happens? Well, my, my back was spasming in the last couple holes, and I was locking up, so um, I came down, and, and it, it didn't yeah. move. And I presented Hosel first. And yeah, that was So that's like when, uh, Kelly, uh, when the NBA guy airballs a three, and he, he looks at his hands like sweating, and he's yeah. like trying to dry his hands right. off. Right? That's exactly yeah. what I told Mike. I was like, "That is the old head excuse." If yeah. I'm at like LA Fitness Esport and I airball, oh, it's my knee. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with the knee. Keep in mind. Back, oh yeah, it was my knee. Locked up on him. Yeah. Dry your hands. Yeah. Like oh, I sweat on my hands. Is that sort of, Is that like your glutes not firing? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> his glutes didn't fire, and his back locked up on him. Yeah. So. Um, in other words, that fake laughter by, I mean, Tiger laughed. I don't know if the reporter asked him the question, but everybody else in the room, is that fake laugh? Well, let's hear it again real quick. Can we hear that real quick? I'm not going to say the word, but on 18. Oh, I definitely. I shanked it. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what? Definitely a media laugh on I the think, reporter. I don't know. That no? that was actually kind of funny. Okay. I mean, Tiger well, well, laughed. Just listen to the way he does it, though. I'm not going to say the word, but on 18. Oh, I definitely. I shanked it. <laughs> what, uh, yeah, maybe the, maybe the reporter asked the question. Let yeah. me ask the bulldog. Mm-hmm. Would you have uh, uh, you shank in the question? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting choice. Yeah, I don't want to say it. Uh, I, mean, no, I, I, I don't want to say to I you. I don't want to insult you, Tiger, but yeah. If it was the 137th player on tour... Oh, yeah. You would have said, hey, dude, you shanked that on 18. What happened? <laughs> right. The Bulldog wouldn't have even gone that far. He would have been like, what was that? And he would have known exactly <laughs> what you were talking about. But with Tiger, it was almost like, were you trying something new there on 18? Was it a different type of swing you were looking for there? You know, what were you What were you trying to do? I told you about the time when at the Arnie where I asked Tiger a question about golfers not really being athletes. And he goes, remember what he called me? Hey, bub. 
He Bub. Goes, he goes, hey, Bub. Some I, of us are athletes. I was also sitting next to Mike and nudging him to ask a non-golf question one time to Tiger. <laughs> and, and, and Kelly, everybody in the first couple rows were like, oh. <laughs> and Mike was like, no, I want to ask you a basketball question. It was great. Yeah, it was about the magic. Yeah, it was great. We got a pause for uh, station ID. Say goodbye to the audience in Tallahassee. Uh, you want to keep listening to the bridge, go to the iHeart app and search 96.9 The Game. Mike and I are back after this ID. Kelly, what happened was the uh, the hardcore golf writers wanted to talk about, you know, degree of loft and oh, yeah. how to play out of the sand and, mm. you know, what step wedge meter. did you step use, meter. step meter. Yeah. And, and Mike, uh, I'm nudging Mike, and Mike asked a magic question. And he answered. He was like, uh, okay with the question. Yeah. I thought I'm at a good time. Yeah, because he used to go to the magic. But then the rest of the golfing uh, media, like, oh, this is not the time to ask something like that. I'm like, yeah, it is. What, uh, <laughs> what form of question was it for the magic? Like what? How did you pose yeah, the question? Was, going to the game or something? Yeah, it was when they were, it was when they were in the playoffs, I believe. Uh, yeah. No, no, because it was Bay Hill was March. I just picture all like yeah, those but they snooty. Were, they were like oh, going to make the playoffs. Yeah, they were yeah, going to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I picture those snooty golf riders just. Oh, oh it was. I mean, the room you could just feel the vibe in the room was like. And then he had a couple of guys, Kelly, like they the show, like. <laughs> did the look back? Like who asked that? <laughs> Bianchi, you look at Daniels in that moment. He's just like this. Like oh, a giddy. Yeah, because we both, I think, just loaded up on a free media breakfast and probably going to get some lunch after that, and it was a good moment. Yeah. I've told you I've told you this. When Tiger used to live here, I was never a big Tiger fan, first of all, all right, because you, you, I'm not going to go over that. But when he used to live here, I liked that Tiger lived in Orlando. Sure. It, it made a – again, we didn't ever have any championships, but he was like the closest thing to, like, championships – that we had in Orlando. Of course. Right? Yeah. And, okay, we all know the issues off the course. Yeah. But it's like I said about Shaq's four years here. The 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 the, the fun side of Shaq, you got to see because he lived here. Um, if he's, you know, out on the lake jet skiing and if he was going to iDrive to ride go-karts and things like that. The Tiger thing was the same. You could see him At Albertsons. Yeah, he'd just be out and about. I mean, I told you the time that my wife had my daughter at Albertsons and got him to sign the Wheaties box, and he, he was by himself just shopping. So that was a thing that you were like, oh, yeah, he's kind of one of us and everything. And, you know, then you realize there's a lot of other stuff. He was on. hitting on the cashier at Albertsons. Well, Come on. okay. Um, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> Dan, when, when my kids were young, all right, we, and we live on that side of town, mm-hmm. whenever we would... Drive by Alworth, my daughters would always go, there's Tiger's, can we go to Tiger's house? Yeah. I go, no, we can't go to Tiger's house. But they would get all excited when we we drive by Alworth. Yeah. It was a big deal. uh, You know, again, we're uh, going back. The thing at at the Arnie was he wanted the first Pro-Am tee time, so Arnie gave it to him. Mm -hmm. You knew what time he was showing up to play. You knew when the uh, pre-tournament press conference was going to be. They set the Thursday-Friday tee time, so they knew Friday afternoon there would be the massive crowd out there to watch him play Friday afternoon. Um, and he obviously was winning all the time, and, and it's set up for great weekends. Those The Tiger-dominant years at Bay Hill were, it was the biggest sporting event in town. Right. I mean, nothing came close to it because it was his weekend, and those were massive weekends. Okay, now I, w- I want to segue into the other Tiger topic I brought up earlier. And again, good for him for being out there and all of that. 
but you know my stance on Tiger. Eventually, doesn't he just have to like step aside and allow golf to like all all anybody's talking about yesterday? Not who's leading the tournament. Tiger, so, Tiger, Tiger. It's sort of like the Jimmy Johnson thing in NASCAR. Qualifying races last night, Jimmy Johnson didn't even come close to winning. But the fact that he was there and trying to qualify, that's the story. Why won't these aging legends just step aside? Okay, so I, I have a deeper theory I'm going to get into on my show a little bit later. But but let me kind of counter you by saying, what is he doing wrong? Not that you're saying he's doing something wrong, no. but, but but he's not playing every week anymore. No. So, so what do you want him to do? Isn't it the case of the rest of the sport? Because this is what's happened to the PGA Tour the last couple of years. Live. Mm-hmm. Lawsuits. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the most popular players not winning. Jordan yeah. Spieth. Yeah. Justin Thomas. Yeah. Um, that's what's happened to golf. And here's Woods over here going, I'll play every once in a while. And... That's why it draws so much attention, because we're not getting some of these other guys that we thought were going to kind of take the torch. They're not producing at that level. Rory is a good example. Right. Um, <laughs> and, and, and then guys that have dominated, for example, John Rahm, take this also the right way, not American, even though he basically lives yeah. here, it, it doesn't seem to have that same type of draw. Mm-hmm. And... A few guys have bolted a lip. So that's been the problem with the PGA Tour is it's not Wood's fault. It's what hasn't happened for them. Yeah, I'm not, say, I'm not saying it's Wood's fault. I'm just saying he is he he is sort of the attention magnet whenever he plays. I mean, But where you even, and I think agree here is he's got a massive ego. Yeah. So he's going to lap up these moments that he knows – are going to be fewer and further uh, between each other. And, I mean, his goal this weekend is to play, uh, uh, I mean, his goal today is to, to make, make the, the weekend. Cut. Yes. Okay? So he'll be a name. And, and, by the way, you asked the question, who's in the lead? I don't know who's in the lead. I don't know. Okay, right. So, and I'm not quite sure he's going to play again until the Masters. He's not playing here. Is Jordan Spieth in the lead? I think Jordan's. I think I, 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 I Further proving my point about, uh, um, so I think that's what has been more the case. I don't, I, I don't think Tiger's doing anything that's hurting the game. I think the game has its own challenges. The sport has its own challenges. Do you think Tiger will ever win again? No, I don't either. And I think he understands that. Like, I don't doubt he believes that there's another Masters weekend there. Like, can I capture lightning in a bottle again? But I think it's different than the Tiger during his prime that expected one every single week. I think he's more content now. I don't want to embarrass myself and shoot at 90. Um, when I play, I'd like to make the weekend, and uh, maybe I can strike lightning in a bottle again. Yeah. So the other big sporting event this weekend, besides the Daytona 500, the NBA All-Star Game, Daniels, Paolo Bancaro, full slate. He's going to be in the Rising Stars Challenge. He's going to be in the... Patrick Cantley. Is Spieth up there near the top? Uh, he's two shots back. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, he's going to play in the Skills Challenge as well as the All-Star Game. Uh, what does this mean for Paolo? 
What does it mean for the magic? Well, it's awesome. I think as you and Kelly were talking earlier, it, it's a busy weekend for him um, because he's still playing in the rookie sophomore game. Uh, so it's a compliment to him because the NBA doesn't normally think that first or second year guys can do that. It's an awesome weekend for his brand. Um, it's a great opportunity again, you know, for the Magic to have a player um, in the All Star game. And I think we've all said this before. It's no offense to Vooch, but this is a different one, right? You know, Vooch got there maybe last guy that was picked, and you know, Paolo, if you go back and look at the voting, won respect to fans um, and and the players, and it's a rising climb uh, 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 for Paolo here. So I think it's great. I don't know how many points he's going to get. These all-star games get weird and so forth. There's no downside to it, and my guess is it's the first of many that he'll play in. It's not a lock that he plays the next 15 years in this game, but it's a, um, it's a different vibe for the Magic. They haven't had something like this since Dwight. Yeah. Yeah, a guy that yeah, a guy that you can build a franchise around. A guy that maybe, although I, I never thought Dwight did a good job of trying to recruit other players to come play here. No, because I think Dwight was afraid of someone else being a one. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. Right. I, if you want a superstar to come play with you, you you have to be able to balance and go. You know, I want to win a title, and who's the Batman? Who's the Robin? I think. Dwight wanted to be Superman without other mm. superheroes mm. around him. Good point. Yeah. Good point. What did you think of Caitlin Clark last night breaking the uh, NCAA women's scoring record? Scores 39 or 49 points. Yeah. 49 points. So other people have brought this up in recent weeks, and I think it's a, uh, uh, you know, it's a great point. What Caitlin Clark has shown you is the value of building a brand over four years. Right. And she has an extra year because um, of the COVID year. Can anybody name the, the, the best basketball player on the men's side? No. And why is that? Because they're one and done. Or, for example, Zach Eady at uh, Purdue. Mm-hmm. Hunter Dickinson, who I've watched a lot more closely at Kansas. It, it's not a knock on those guys, but typically the superstar has gone in one or two years in men's basketball. She's built this brand up over four years. Um, it's awesome. The TV ratings when she's on a network. 1.5, 1.7 million. Last night's game was on Peacock. Mm-hmm. And my guess is in the state of Iowa, a lot of people who didn't have Peacock signed up for right, it. Right. Um, she's fantastic. I've said I, I'd be surprised if she doesn't come back. Now, Indiana has the first pick in the WNBA draft. People uh, that, that study this believe that Caitlin Clark makes right now about $3 million in legitimate NIL deals, like real endorsements. How much do, do WNBA players make? I don't even know. Well, pay's gotten better, but it's still a few hundred thousand dollars. Okay, so she, she can make more coming back to Iowa. Well, you, well, she could keep the same endorsements by playing in the WNBA, but the value of her in that Iowa jersey, right. to me, probably outweighs... The WNBA, and I really wonder if she's going to come back because what Caitlin Clark, Iowa, means to her brand. Of course, it means a lot to Iowa. Um, because yeah, she's it, a home state girl. It, yeah, it, 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 it's not a money thing. She's making like top athletes in anything in college sports. Like Caitlin Williams made a lot of money at USC. Caitlin Clark is making. Real, legitimate, national endorsement NIL deals. That's what it's about. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if she comes back. You almost think college football would be better if they allowed 
players that aren't real. Yeah, the Tebow type. Players. You want the Daniels thing, which is permanent eligibility. Right. I, I told you that. Right. I, I listen. <laughs> of everything going on in college sports, I talked about this on my show a couple of weeks ago about Caitlin Clark, and I made reference to Tebow and Johnny Manziel and others that if they just stayed in college, and, and you're like, well, well, that's crazy. What is right? Who 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 determined that eligibility should be four or five years? Right. Well, that's the figure. Okay. Well, everything else is changing. If if the powers that run this sport got together and said, hey, you know what, um, eight years. Well, that's crazy. What's crazy? Well, don't you have to go to class? Fine. Let them take a few classes. Right. Do you care what their workload is now in college? No, you don't care. Of course not. Yeah. All right, we have the jersey unveiling Orlando City with the new kits, the legacy kits. We're going to preview those next on The Bridge. Three. The Bridge uh, with Mike Mackey and Mark Daniels on this uh, Friday. We're set to embark on a new year of Orlando City. A lot of excitement after uh, the great season that the the Lions had uh, last year. And um, with the new year, uh, new excitement, a new kit for Orlando City. They celebrate uh, 10 years in MLS. Uh, Michelle Zerocek is here, the Senior Director for Merchandise and Licensing for Orlando City Soccer. First, welcome. How are you? Let's get our mic on there. Hold on. Try it again. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for, Thanks for uh, uh, coming by. So this is exciting. Oh, it's great. Um, uh, anytime there's a new kit for uh, uh, a franchise, it's exciting. But give us a little bit of background here. This is a celebration of not just the 10th year in MLS for Orlando City, but from when the team came here from Austin in USL. Take me through the whole process of putting together this uh, kind of uh, celebratory uh, kit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just as you said, this really this is our tenth season in MLS, um, so we've deemed this the legacy kit. But really, to start your legacy, you have to recognize further back than that. So, as you mentioned, when we came here uh, from Austin back in 2011, um, we had a different crest, we had different colors, um, all of that. So, since we embarked in MLS, things you know, we took on our purple. Purple's really become our color. We changed our crest, all of those things. Now, this kit is really a nod back to all of that. Um, a modernized three-headed lion head logo crest, uh, recognizing and bringing our original red back in. It was a really important piece of us to recognize that those uh, first four years in USL, which, by the way, our very first year in USL, we did uh, something that was really difficult, which is the double. So we got into the league, won the league, and then won uh, the championship as well. So we two trophies in our very first year in USL. So that started our journey and our short time in USL before we went into MLS. Um, just really, we needed to recognize it, so we brought this kid in. Um, I would imagine this takes a while to put something like this together. Yes. You don't get together a week and go, "Great, let's print this stuff." So, 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 how long was the process to do this? You got to work with MLS to get approval and everything. So, how long was the process? Jersey process is two years. So, this started two years ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So every time, so we're actually, you know, peek behind the curtain. We're working on twenty six right now. Yeah. So that's kind of the time frame. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay, I haven't seen the new kit yet, and I think we're going to unveil them here in the studio in a minute. You but, are. But, so, are they not purple? Are they red? They are uh, what we've officially deemed purple tent, mm. which is a color, which is a, a shade of lavender. So it's not white, it's not gray, it's not our traditional purple, but it is a, a purple tent. I would imagine some of the the old school fans who've been here since the beginning, since they were... 
in uh, USL Pro, they love these things, right? Love it. So we had an event at Cheyenne Saloon last night, which, you know, again, how do we launch something called a Legacy Kit and not host it at Cheyenne, right. where we had our bid into MLS. So, uh, yeah, very well received last night. We had some legends out of our of our original teams in USL um, presenting the jersey, having a great time, and our fans um, absolutely appreciated what we've done so far. So explain the, and again, I'm reading from, from uh, one of the press releases, the three-headed lion crest. Yes. So that, again, was our first crest in, in USL. Um, we've kind of modernized that a little bit, cleaned it up, um, added some. You'll see on the jersey when you when you get it or when you have a look at it, we've kind of added some additional detailing to really bring these modern three-headed lions um, out, popping it out of the crest and out of your chest. Okay. I'm also, I'm not a, I'm not a like a jersey aficionado okay. or a kit aficionado here. Okay. Um, is this the the kit you're going to wear all season long? Or we... Yeah. So absolutely, you're going to see this for the next two seasons. It's mm-hmm. going to debut this year. This is going to be mostly worn on the road. So you're going to see it um, as our guys travel for the most part. We will be wearing it at home. Uh, one special game this year. So more details to come on that. Um, but yeah. This is this is our road jersey. So, so you were sharing before you came on. To, you worked on the merchandise side for a number of years. Every sport now has become incredible when it comes to different uniforms, alternate uniforms. It's become a massive business. Soccer's no different. Where some of the elite brands in this sport, your top European teams, never wore alternate uniforms. Now everybody's got them. What's that evolution been like? And soccer's been among the leaders that said, "Okay, we're going to try something different." With a fan base that usually pushes back on that. Yeah, I think uh, you definitely have to respect the fans a little bit and understand a little bit what our fan base is looking for. Yeah. Uh, and again, I think we've done it with this jersey to to pay homage back. But the evolution itself, I think the MLS and, and soccer in general really does lead the way in uh, creativity, um, changing your jersey every year, adding a new jersey. We're on a, on a rotation cycle, so every jersey kind of has a, a one or two year shelf life. And then you're going to see something different, um, whether that's part of your club's history, part of your storyline for the year, any of that. So, yeah. It's been the feedback for players. i got to wear it. Yeah, yeah. you got to wear it. Yeah. It's What's been their great. feedback? Yeah. It's been great. We've hosted, obviously, some uh, photo shoots with them, some video shoots. Uh, our captain, uh, Robin Jansen, uh, unveiled it last night at Cheyenne uh, to, to a, a roaring crowd. So he was very excited about it. Um, I think it's a great alternate. It's a great complement to our our home jersey, our purple jersey. So uh, it's been it's been well received from them as well. All right, fans always say, "Where do I get it?" I mean, when do I get a chance to to, to get the merchandise? Absolutely, it's on sale right now at OC Mobile Shop for pickup down at the stadium. Uh, we have some uh, daily shopping hours. You can visit our channels to find out what those are specifically. You can always get it on MLSStore.com as well. How do uh, did did you cons you, you know you say you're paying homage to some of the uh, you know the the old school Orlando City teams? Did you consult with any of those players or coaches or anybody like that to to sort of get some ideas? Uh, we did not really consult with them as much. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we've got a number of historians within mm. the club that have been here since USL. So we did kind of talk internally with a and lot Kay of Kay Rollins is right here. Kay right? Rollins, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Some other great uh, people on our team that have kind of been here for forever. So um, I think we I think we did a good job of kind of instilling what we thought would be the best scenario. Mm, interesting, interesting. As um, a new season begins and you roll out a kit and, and there's always a level of uh, uh, 
excitement uh, for that um, from the way last season went into this year. Give me an idea, even on your side, merchandise-wise, last year's level of excitement and off-season and now coming into this year with things like this. What's that been like? Oh, the level of excitement for this year is is through the roof already. This is our 10th year in MLS. We have a ton of things planned. Um, the energy and the excitement we've signed, we've had some great off-season signings as well. Um, it just it feels like such a buzz leading up to the home opener next weekend. MLS growth. Um, again, just the last few years. And, and I say this with all due respect. There's the messy factor, which everybody recognizes, but you've been in this sure. uh, a, a league now for a while. Yeah. What have you seen the growth, even merchandise side and just the coverage itself uh, in the last number of years? Oh, it's huge. I think, uh, you know, yes, the messy effect, of course, but even outside of that, we've we've felt the growth here locally um, for quite a while. You know, we've had some, we've had playoff runs now. We've been in the playoffs for a number of, of consecutive years. Um, the it, it just the excitement continues to grow, and I think the the fan base continues to grow as well. So when you bring your your friends out to games, you uh you have a great time, and um, yeah, I mean I think it I think it's great. I'll tell you a, a couple of things. I was traveling recently to uh, Cincinnati, and in, in covering games up in Cincinnati when they first started, they played at the uh, Bearcats football stadium. Sure. And to watch the growth of that franchise that wasn't very good when they started to now being where it is and how their merchandise has exploded there. And I was in Austin recently and passed by that stadium and was just like, wow. So as we've seen more, like here in Orlando City, the soccer-only facility and, and, and what's been built, it's it it's really cool to watch how some stadiums now have developed in these cities over the years. And what once were expansion franchises, now you just see have quickly exploded Absolutely. to be among the best franchises in the league. Absolutely. Yeah, it's incredible to watch that. Um, Can I put her on the spot real quick? I was going to say, do you want Mike to be like the the covered boy (laughs) model for us? (laughs) No, I'm going to put her on the spot here. All right, so legacy kit, going back to the USL days when Orlando City won two championships. Yes. Can you feel the synergy from those old days, perhaps that championship legacy going into this season are these the kits that are going to help orlando city win their first mls MLS cup i believe we uh i think we're bringing some really good stuff from the usl days here to us wearing this mojo mojo i think yeah i think uh i heard that a lot last night too this might be the one that's going to help us Ah, that's what we want no question we do too we do too we want to add to our us open cup championship and and get some more hardware all right. Do we get a chance to see? Absolutely. All right, which is something we'll have to describe for radio, but um, let's take a look. All right, Mike, you nervous? You ready? I'm very nervous. Okay. Yeah. Look at that nice box Ooh, right there, Mike. Huh? The legacy kit. Yeah, there you go. And the unveiling. Nice. Go. Nice paper. <laughs> Gold box. Ooh. Ah. Look at that, have Mike. that base lavender color, the purple tint that we're speaking about. Got a, a nice one-button Henley collar, which is new to us as well. Uh, again, the modernized three-headed lion-head logo. Always brought to us uh, with our, our front-of-kit sponsor, Orlando Health, who's been with us since the beginning. The glory red shoulder stripes. And then for you guys. Look at that. The game. That's the game on the back right there. Wow. Nice. Also, I'm going to say this right now, and I hope this doesn't insult some, some Orlando City fans out there. 
I like that jersey better than the traditional purple. Wow, Sorry. that's a statement. Hmm? I'm just saying. I think I think we we like them both equally. Hmm? Oh, yeah, you're, you're like a parent. Yeah. Oh, which kid do you like the best? We oh, like we like both. them both. The we same. love them both. <laughs> Before I let you go, tell folks again that uh, want to check it out and and, and can purchase uh, uh, the new jersey. Where can they find it? Yep. Uh, you can always shop on OC Mobile Shop for pickup down at the stadium. Uh, you can always have it delivered to your house via MLS Store. Or you can join us next Saturday at the home opener and get it in person. Uh, Michelle Zerocek, uh, Senior Director of Merchandising and Licensing for Orlando City Soccer. Thanks to Shaq also coming by to help out. Thank you so much no, for coming by. No, not that Shaq. Why not? Huh? It's his name. I know, but he's not the Shaq that got his jersey. I brought retired. Shaq with me. Did I say last name? <laughs> I didn't say last name. I said Shaq's here. <laughs> Shout out to Apopka, APK. That's where he went to school. So thank you so much. Thank you so much, guys. Thanks for Thanks, having us. Thanks, Shaq. All right, we come back. We'll kick off a Friday edition of the Beat of Sports next.